0: No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. Welcome back to the Pale Hose Report. This is your host, Pat Boyd. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are going to take a journey through the week that was in White Sox baseball. We're going to start off with an explanation of pale hose. I've gotten a lot of questions. Uh, I know this isn't super clear to a lot of people, but I'm going to explain it to y'all, and it'll make sense after today. Then we're going to go through the week that was, the trials and tribulations, the continued struggles of some of the White Sox and and some of the uh, younger White Sox affiliate players to stay healthy. There were a couple injuries just tonight, the night of the home run derby that I want to update you guys on and let you know about and that are, uh, that are really pissing me off. And, um, I just want to go through the week because they say baseball is like life. And that is very true because there are a lot of ups and downs in baseball and there's a lot of ups and downs in life. So I think it's just another microcosm. Um, whereas the, the old baseball writers like to say, of uh, baseball imitating life or life imitating baseball. It's hard to say which is which, um, but certainly this week in White Sox baseball exemplified that. Then we're going to do a couple of fun segments, uh, talk about the White Sox in relation to the World Cup uh, that just finished up on Sunday. And uh, and then I want to get into Where Are They Now, a segment that tracks former White Sox players um, and gives you a little info on what they're doing nowadays whatever i can dig up in my little researches. So uh let's get into it. No ketchup Chicago. So let's get into a quick explanation for pale hose. Um a lot of people are mishearing this and misinterpreting. Uh i've gotten pale horse. Um i've gotten people saying, "Oh, pale hose." Okay, i got you. And it's no, it's not prostitutes who have very light skin. It is it is pale as in as in the color white, you know, lacking in color, therefore white. Uh, and hose as in hosiery, like a sock. So pale hose. It is a classic nickname for the White Sox. Um, a good way to tell a longtime White Sox fan from a non-White Sox fan is to introduce the phrase pale hose to them and see what they say. And I guess make sure you're enunciating it. Evidently, I was not... If people were hearing horse. Um, so part of that's on me. Excuse me. Um, but let's, you know, we'll just be more clear on that in the future. Um and then let's just talk about this all-star break and this all-star week. The all-star break is is not so fun for me. I really don't like the all-star game. Um, even when Chris Sale was pitching for the Sox and he would have put up big numbers in the in the All-Star game. It wasn't that great to watch. It really means nothing. They tried to make it mean something by having the winner of the All-Star Game, whichever league won the All-Star Game, whether that be the NL or the AL, they would get home field advantage in the World Series. Meaning if it went to Game 7, the winning league, let's say the American League won the All-Star Game, the American League would then get that fourth game in the seven-game series at home. So that was really stupid. So they went away from that. And I do think it's a better format now, but it just doesn't appeal to me. It's just not a ton of fun. And, um, you know, I'm really glad there's, I can watch my White Sox affiliates during the All-Star break. Tonight on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, they had on the Winston-Salem Dash. They happen to be the winningest of all the White Sox affiliates. They've already won their league and, uh, and they're doing a great job. They're just having a ton of fun, ton of great young players. And, uh, and whenever you can catch them, you got to, you know, you got to try. I was recording, I recorded the game on Sunday and I recorded the game today on Monday. And, uh, <laughs> I was in for a real treat because, uh, Tyquan Forbes, the third baseman, for the Winston-Salem Dash, the high A affiliate of the White Sox. Uh, Taekwon went down with what did not look like a great knee injury. Um, It certainly didn't look terrible, but his knee did buckle a little bit when he was charging a ground ball at third base. So I really just did not appreciate that, that here I sit down, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a ton of fun. We can watch the Winston-Salem Dash. I can't wait. Oh wow, look at North Carolina. Let's go. And all of a sudden, Taekwon goes down. Taquan Forbes, by the way, is the guy the White Sox got for Miguel Gonzalez in a trade with the Rangers uh, last year in 2017. That was a fine move by Rick Hahn to turn a journeyman pitcher in Miguel Gonzalez into a you know a flyer of a prospect in Taquan Forbes. Um, because he was drafted in 2014, and he's a little bit old to be playing in high A. But he's got great power. He's a big kid. He can field. He's got an arm. Playing him at third. And he's he's looking really good this year. And then all of a sudden, he comes down with a knee. And you hate to see that, especially in July when these guys, you know, the, the minor league season ends in early September. I believe it ends um, at the end of August, actually so August 31, and to see Taequann Forbes go down with an injury like this with six weeks left in the season, it, you hate to see that because you just want to see development from these kids, and you just want to see them get get their at-bats, get their A-Bs, and, and you know, get their development in. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward an inning, Blake Rutherford gets hit by a pitch. Blake Rutherford is a corner outfielder. The White Sox got in the Todd Frazier deal. Todd Frazier, Tommy Canley, and David Robertson were all traded to the Yankees uh at the trade deadline in 2017 last year. And Blake, you know, he is probably the best hitter on the Winston Salem Dash. He looks great. Um he's doing a great job down there. And he gets hit in the by a pitch in sort of his pinky area. That bone right below your pinky connecting your pinky to your hand. Um, there's kind of a little fleshy part on there, but not enough to really stop a, a baseball. So he caught one in the hand and was not looking so good during that game. And, uh, that sucks to see. It really sucks to see these guys going down with injuries. Uh, they've got the Charlotte Knights playing on Thursday night at six uh, central time here in Chicago. And that ought to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I just hope they don't have any more fucking injuries because, uh, I don't want to see that. I can't handle that. That's, that's not good. All right. So let's go, uh, let's go to the week that was for the White Sox this week full of ups and downs. And, uh, as you can see, there were some downs even during the fucking home run derby. There's not even a White Sox competing in the Home Run Derby, and all of a sudden it's it's a down day for the organization. But, hey, they're going to get it together, and uh, we're going to soldier on. All right, let's take a quick look at this homestand. Uh, it started off Tuesday night against the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals came to town. Uh, quite a few fans came to uh, Guaranteed Rate Field to see this. A lot of Cardinals fans came up, and I think a lot of interested White Sox fans came out. Um, the stadium had about 25,000 each night. Uh, that is a lot for the White Sox. Um, I know some people might laugh at that, but hey, fuck you. So on Tuesday night, uh, Bruce Rondon, um, he had a horrible meltdown. This is nothing new. Um, this is, this is kind of a classic White Sox reliever meltdown. Um, if I've ever seen one, he came in and just could not locate any of his pitches he he had a uh, what was scored as a passed ball uh to the catcher omar navajas um was it was a passed ball but Narvaez was calling for the ball low and outside to the hitter uh to i believe a right-handed hitter and rondon had no fucking control of his pitches so he threw it up and into the batter and rondon throws, I think the guy tops out at 102 miles an hour, so most everything that he's throwing up there is coming at 95-plus, um, if not triple digits. And Narvaez just missed the pitch. He could not catch it, um, and it was scored as a passed ball. Neri, two batters later, um, Rondon, determined to get his wild pitch in, threw a wild pitch. Um, so he ended up loading the bases um off of those and allowing several runners to score and that was followed by a Dexter Fowler grand slam off of Hector Santiago right after they took Rondon out after Rondon loaded the bases and let several runs score by just not throwing the ball to the catcher. So needless to say Rondon was optioned to A. um and he was he was outrighted, as they say. And he, uh, I believe he refused his AAA assignment. So now he is an unrestricted free agent. He is out on the market for any team to pick up. I kind of doubt people will pick him up. Don Cooper, the White Sox pitching coach, is real good at fixing, fixing guys who, who have arm talent, like Bruce Rondon, um, but just cannot seem to get it together enough to you know uh, enough to do anything in the in the majors because he just he can't locate the guy can throw it a million miles an hour but you know couldn't hit the broad side of a barn um so it was crazy to see Dexter Fowler do something um it sucked that it came off the white Sox, but uh you know good good on you Dexter Keep sticking it to the Cubs there with the uh, with the Cardinals. Um, so, I, watching this on Tuesday night, I was just like, holy shit, this is terrible. And, and on top of that, on Tuesday, we got the news that um, Micah Adolfo, the DH um, in Birmingham with the Barons, the AA affiliate of the White Sox. Uh, so, Micah uh, had Tommy John surgery and will not be back until next spring. Um, he'll probably be back, I believe, next May or June off of this Tommy Johns. Um, he was, there was a thought for a second that he could go without the surgery, um, because he fucked up his shoulder. He fucked up his arm, um, I believe right after spring training. And there was a thought that he could, could avoid the surgery, and that's why they had him DHing. Could not play the field because he simply could not throw the ball. Um, so that sucked on Tuesday night to find out all that bad news and just see the horribleness of this White Sox bullpen live in in action. Um, it got me thinking of potential replacements at the AAA level. Um, Ian Clark, Thiago Verga come to mind. Those are a couple of, uh, relief pitchers down in AAA down in Charlotte, and uh, and when they when they outrighted uh, Bruce Rondon, they ended up bringing up Genmar uh, Gomez. I believe Genmar is how his first name is pronounced. Um, at least that's how they pronounce it on the White Sox broadcast. Um, he was called up from A. He looks good. He's pitched 1.1 innings thus far in the majors, um, but he's a big guy. He's 6'3", 215. Uh, we don't have a sample size on him yet. Um, he did pitch for the Phillies last year, I believe, uh, and he was closing for the Charlotte Knights. He looks good, seems like a good pitcher. I I visualize him because he is 30 years of age uh, at this point. I visualize him as a trade chip, uh, probably at next year's trade deadline, if they can get him some good innings and Don Cooper can work with him. And he looks good. They can probably get him, you know, get a get a prospect, um, maybe two for him, depending upon how things go. Um, but I do think they're gonna probably flip Genmar Gomez uh, in the near future um, to to facilitate the rebuild because he's simply he's kind of aged out of their window. Um, so we'll just you know stay with that story, see how it goes. Alright, let's talk about the second game of the little homestand that the Sox had with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, this game, it, you know, gave me a lot of hope. I was feeling good after Tuesday's debacle with Rondon. Um, I watched Wednesday's game, and that the, the Sox looked great. I mean, as much as we love to doubt Johan Mancata, uh, White Sox Twitter loves to go crazy at this guy. Oh, he's. Oh, he's hitting 230. Oh, everybody's crying. Relax, relax, because Yohan Mankata, on this past Wednesday, uh, July 11th, he turned on a 101 mile an hour pitch from Jordan Hicks, a reliever for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yohan turned on this on this incredible fastball. If you haven't seen this Jordan Hicks kid pitch, you gotta watch him. He's he's electric. Um, he throws. Just incredible heat, um, and hes he's your typical fastball slider relief pitcher um, who's just throwing gas the whole time. Um, but Yoan turned on a on a fastball and just smacked it right to the wall just on a frozen rope. maybe it took two bounces, hit the wall, stopped right at the wall. What would have been a stand up triple for a normal player? Was, I'm sorry, a stand-up double for a normal player was a stand-up triple for Yohan Um He showed incredible discipline, uh, working the count to 3-2 off of Hicks, um, and, and laying off pitches that were thrown in, triple-digit pitches uh, thrown near the zone that Mankata is laying off of. Uh, so it's very encouraging stuff that we're seeing from him. And he, he really just showed his speed. Rounding, rounding second and going to third um, for a stand-up triple. What also made it very compelling um, and sort of reinforces the the encouragement I feel for Mancada's sake is Yomer Sanchez followed Yohan Mancada in the lineup, and Yomer Sanchez is one of the veterans, one of the good veterans on this White Sox team. Um, he's a very professional hitter in versus Hicks. Um, on this past Wednesday, he just looked confused, and and did not look good at all. Um, so he he promptly uh, struck out versus Hicks. Um, and the fact that Moncada can look that good against a good pitcher, um, whereas somebody like Monc- um, Yomer Sanchez doesn't look good, uh, really shows the maturity that Moncada is is gaining. Um, with his time in the major leagues. Um, so that is an excellent development. And then there's Carlos Rodon. He worked seven and a third innings, zero earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. He looks really good. He looks like the pitcher they thought he was going to be. Um, let's hope he continues that after the All-Star break into the second half. Kansas City was in town this past weekend. Um, and Kansas City is a longtime foe of the White Sox. Um, they've, they've been terrible for many years, and the White Sox have been terrible for many of the same years. And, uh, they, it's just always a lot of fun when the Royals and the White Sox get together for a baseball game. I was, uh, I was at the game on Friday and spoke to some Royals fans. I learned that Whit Merrifield's nickname is Two Hit wit. Um, so know that if you're watching, uh, some Royals baseball, which I hope you're not, because they're they're like the White Sox were last year. They're just unloading all their all their good players, um, and just about to start their their rebuild situation. Um, but the White Sox looked good on Friday night. They were hitting, um, and and big game James was out there. James Shields, he looked pretty good. Uh, they, you know, they did a good job. They won Friday's game. Saturday they looked horrible. Um, Yoamakata went down with a knee injury. He caught an errant throw from the catcher on a pickoff play. Um, I believe it was the catcher. It might have been the pitcher. Um, but he, he caught an errant baseball to his knee. Um, and really went down in a heap and was kind of, kind of rolling around. We'll get back to that in a second. But they looked horrible and they lost. They were shut out on Saturday and lost. Um, Very unwatchable game. Glad the weather was nice and I had better things to do. Just one of those, you know. On Sunday, on the other hand, they beat the piss out of the Royals. um, And that was wonderful to see going into the All-Star break. Really encouraging stuff. Just a lot of these young hitters, Tim Anderson, Mankata, just showing incredible discipline and doing a great job of hitting the baseball. Um, And Lucas Giolito had a good outing. Uh, He looked good. So that is, that is extremely encouraging. No catch up Chicago. So let's, uh, let's talk about our White Sox in relation to the world cup. Uh, the world cup was apparently very popular in the White Sox clubhouse. Um, and I could, I could see that with the likes of Yalmer Sanchez, um, Jose Abreu, uh, Tim Anderson, you know, guys who have like to have a lot of fun. And obviously if they're ballplayers, they like sports, um, so a couple of stories on uh, on the White Sox and the World Cup um is Jose Abreu was very very overjoyed that France won the World Cup. Um I think he might have had a little money on it with some of the other guys in the clubhouse um because he was big time uh big time French fan. Um who knew who knew that a big Cuban guy like that uh liked France so much. But hey, more power to you. Um and then Yohan Mancata, uh, after Saturday getting hit by a, by a ball in his knee while he was standing on second base, um, a pickoff attempt. He was, he was really like hamming it up, making a big deal, kind of rolling around. The, the rest of the White Sox players, uh, apparently took some tape and put it over his nameplate in the White Sox clubhouse and wrote, uh, wrote Neymar. On, on the tape. And if you don't know who Neymar is. He is a Brazilian soccer player. Who was. He went viral on the internet. Um, because he is a very good player for Brazil. He's one of their top players. And he loves to flop for injuries. Um, so he went viral. With a video. Of him rolling around. In different, uh, different scenarios. Um, like an avalanche. You really got to watch the video. Uh, but very funny stuff from the White Sox clubhouse. You like to see that, um, I mean, despite their horrible first half, just an atrocious first half, uh, from a wins and losses perspective, you like to see that they're having fun and they're enjoying things together like the World Cup. No catch up Chicago. When I think about the White Sox, or I go to a White Sox game, sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm looking up and I'm thinking of the older players that I saw play when I was a kid. Um, and one of those players that comes to mind often is Ray Durham. I used to shout Ray Ray at Ray Durham all the time. Um, and he was a great second baseman for the White Sox. Uh, he hit for a lot of power and he was a good fielder. He, he was just a good all around solid, solid ball player. Um, and a, a very much a fan favorite. I'm sure a lot of you remember Ray Ray as well. Um, uh, so I was looking around on the internet, seeing what I could find. Um, and I found that Ray Durham, uh, right now, per Ray Durham is selling his $4.8 million log, luxury log home in North Carolina. The home sits on 140 acres, has two fishing ponds, one with a boat launch. Um, and he's got, he's got 7,140 square feet uh, of, uh, indoor space. In this luxury log home, it's apparently built out of white white pine logs. So this isn't a, this isn't a Lincoln log home. This is a white pine luxury log home. And it's got an indoor kitchen, chef's kitchen indoors, and a chef's kitchen outdoors. That's uh, that's pretty fucking nice. It's got a 100,000 gallon saltwater swimming pool with a slide and a diving platform um and it's selling for 4.8 million dollars so it's kind of good i mean i guess ray ray is probably downsizing kids probably off at college he and the wife say why do we need this big ass home we're paying taxes on it although in north carolina i'm sure you're not paying that much tax not like here in cook county but that's a different subject and uh you know it's good to see ray ray you know doing his thing selling his home moving on maybe just got less shit to worry about, doesn't have to worry about a 100,000 gallon saltwater swimming pool anymore, um, or a couple of fishing ponds, so he probably is just, you know, buying a a smaller place, less to worry about, but good to see Ray Ray back in the news, um, and doing his thing, and uh, you know, keeping it positive like he always did for the White Sox. So this has been the Pale Hose Report, thank you, have a good one.